Talk Herdy to Me. Taking a deep dive into Border Collies and other herding breeds, helping you play to their strengths, minimize their weaknesses, and understand their quirks. Listen in to learn for leading training and behavior experts on how to set your dog up for success, understand your urban herder more, and hit those training goals. Hello and welcome back to Talk Herdy to Me, the podcast where we maximize their strengths, minimize their weaknesses and understand their quirks. And I can't quite believe I'm saying this, but a huge welcome to our series three. Um, And we have some fantastic topics and speakers lined up this series and I cannot wait to show you. And we're going to kick it all off with talking about balls and specifically bald brain border collies. Now, some of you will probably know a little bit about this or you'll have heard about this. Um, And ball throwing, specifically repetitive ball throwing, has come under a lot of scrutiny recently in the last sort of few years as studies and things like that have come out. People have realised that actually it's not necessarily the best thing to do with your dog Um, and it can cause quite a lot of issues. But are balls really as bad as everybody makes out? Um, And this is coming from someone who has as I like to call her, a recovering ball addict. So Aoife was my first border collie and I used to play ball with her. She loves balls. And it used to be something that I could use um, to exercise her and I still do use to exercise her, but I use them in a slightly different way now. I work with so many clients who have ball-obsessed collies um, and it gets to the point where it does become a problem, not just on a physical aspect, which we'll have a little look at, um, but also an emotional aspect where these dogs become so obsessive with their ball and getting access to it that they can't even have balls out in the house without fixating and becoming obsessive with them. Um, that if they're out on a walk, they see a ball, they, they can't leave it, they can't drop it and move on from it. And they spend all of their walk obsessing over the ball rather than interacting with the environment and sniffing and doing lots of normal dog behaviour. It gets in the way of kind of normal life. Throwing balls repetitively can also be incredibly frustrating for dogs, specifically collies. Um, So collies have obviously been bred to control movement and um, basically ball throwing is out of control movement in terms of if you look at it from the perspective of the owner who throws the ball is the shepherd, the ball is the sheep, and the collie is the collie. Collies like things under control. They like movement to be under control. They don't inherently like to chase things because chasing means something is out of control. And what happens when you see a lot of border collies play with their ball is the owner will pick up the ball, throw the ball out, the collie will flat out chase it. They will then grab it, stop dead, turn, come back quick as possible and they will drop the ball at the feet of their owner and what they're doing here is they are balancing the ball and they're balancing the ball between the owner their ball is under control is balanced between the owner slash shepherd and this is the point in that full sequence where the collie is the most happy and the most content as to as they were ever going to be basically um when playing the game Then what we do is because the dog has brought the ball back to us and we think, ah, this is how they want to play, we then pick up the ball and we throw um, the sheep, the ball, out of control again. Um, And this is something that can create a lot of frustration within Border Collies. Not only this is 
you also have a massive increase of arousal. So many dogs can, regardless of breed, can get really quite excited during fetch. Um, and this increase of arousal along with adrenaline um, can also increase the levels of cortisol and it can create quite a lot of like almost frantic behavior which reduces sort of the ability to have impulse control and frustration tolerance and all the skills that we like are generally for our dogs to have all these neurotransmitters and hormones and things like that that are released such as the adrenaline the uh, cortisol um dopamine and everything like that that get released are completely normal things to have within the body but a lot of things such as adrenaline is designed to be released in short burst as like a one-off episode however um, this doesn't happen when you're being repeatedly thrown the ball um, because this adrenaline is being released for much longer periods of time and if you're going out and using ball throwing a couple of times a day to um, exercise your dog they're getting such excessive levels of adrenaline and alongside this you also have the cortisol that is being released which is kind of the stress hormone Um, and this can have quite like a negative impact now I'm not saying all stress is bad we do have good stress we have bad stress that arousal and everything like that but to have it for um, such excessive periods of time and such intense levels that the dogs will be experiencing it um, it can have a negative impact on your dog and both adrenaline and cortisol play a massive role in the expression and regulation of your dog's behavior and how they can self-regulate themselves um, and increasing both of these over longer periods of times can start to cause problematic or even dangerous behaviors including like inability to switch off um, inability to cope with challenging situations um, and that's when I think it does become a bit of a problem is if your dog is getting to the point where they are like fixated and obsessive with them, then I think we need to start looking at how we're using them and how often we're using them and what we're using them for. Because I've worked with many clients and at some points it can be useful where you use ball as management. They're like, oh, my dog's fine as long as it has its ball because the dog will filter out everything else in the world and fix it and focus on their ball so they can walk past people they can walk past dogs they can recall they can do everything but it's all underpinning on having that ball either within the training scenario or in their dog's mouth now if you have a dog who has such a high value for something like a ball um using it within your training can be game-changing however it's making sure that you're using it as a reward and not a bribe and not as kind of a oh don't look over there look at the ball however in certain circumstances if you do have a dog that can be like that and you're going into a really sticky situation that you can't do anything else with having something as management can be really useful but it should be used in emergencies and not to be replied on for day-to-day every time kind of incidences there's something that can be used if you have no other options but if your dog is constantly getting into those no other options you then should be looking at okay well am I setting my dog up for failure here so when we look at balls I think there's a massive thing where people are you shouldn't play with balls balls are bad and this is kind of the narrative that is going out into the world at the moment. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with that 100%. Now, I think prolonged and repetitive ball throwing isn't great. No, I think there is so much better things you can do with your dog's time and with your own time. Um, and I think we should actually unpin why this change of narrative has come out and why people are really opposed to ball throwers and just a repetitive ball throwing 
throwing in general. I think the first thing we need to have a look at is on a physical aspect. It's actually looking at how it impacts your dog's body and how the type of play that you get going from basic standstill into flat out gallop into really quick stop and turn back as a run and then stop again. That's a lot of impact on joints, muscles and over short periods of time, it can actually start to have like long lasting effects upon the body in terms of soft tissue damage or arthritis and things like that. There's also been cases where because of the material that is on the outside of the tennis balls, you know, the green kind of fluffy stuff, it is abrasive and it wears down dog's teeth and it doesn't take a long time for this to happen. I mean, it's happening in a year or two. It's not like the whole dog's lifestyle. I've worked with dogs who have basically worn down all their canines in the space and they're only a couple of years old because of this repetitive ball playing. Um, so there is long lasting physical effects to doing repetitive and consistent dog play on a regular basis, ball play, pardon me. Um, and this is something that we need to be looking at. But like I've already said, I don't think we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think ball play and using balls and things like that, especially if you have a dog that has a history of reinforcement with balls and they, they do genuinely enjoy playing with them, it might be actually looking at how we're playing with them and how long we're playing with them and how we're interacting with our dog and the, how the dog is interacting with the ball and the environment. So we got to a point with Aoife when she was about a year old where we couldn't really have balls in the house open freely because if there was a ball, she would be picking it up and she would be putting it on your lap. Um, if you ignored her, she would then just move the ball further up your lap. If you kept ignoring her, she would then be like in your face with a ball, like, come on, play, make it move, make it move, make it move. And for me, it was really, really annoying. Um, so we just managed the problem and we didn't have free access to balls in the house. Um, and we've worked on this issue and we've got to the point where we can now have balls out in the house and she won't repetitively bring them to us. If we interact with the game and engage a game with her, she will play with us. Um, however, at the end of the game, if we give her our finish cue, which is finished enough, um, she will stop and play and go and lie down or go and entertain and play with herself. But creating these strong boundaries and strict boundaries have been imperative to being able for us to live better together within the home and also for her to have a more fulfilling life and not just become obsessive and fixated on those balls. The next thing we had a look at was looking at how we interacted with Aoife and with the balls. Um, and balls still to this day will be Aoife's number one motivator. Uh, they're the number one reward. But the problem with this is she can become over-aroused and what I call ball-brained quite quickly, where she becomes less thoughtful with her actions and with her behaviours. And she gets to the point where there's quite a lot of frustration and she kind of throws everything at the kitchen sink at you, trying to do anything and everything to get that ball or she can become quite vocal. So when we do use training balls within our training, we are very mindful of when we use them and how often we use them and what we're reinforcing with them. And it's making sure she the ball is away, she does the behaviour and then the ball comes out. So being really mindful as to how we're using the balls. But some of her behaviours, some of her best behaviours, she's learned two or three times, two or three repetitions with using the ball as the reward because the reinforcement, history and, and that reinforcer is so strong and she's a clever little dog she can learn behaviors incredibly quickly 
Um, and because she loves the ball so much, she's so motivated and driven to to learn. Um, and I think kind of, like I said earlier, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Having a dog that can be so driven, and it can be a really powerful um, reinforcement and really useful thing to use within your training. But it's just being mindful how we use it. And also looking at if you use balls on a regular basis out on walks, looking at how we're using it and how our dogs are interacting with the environment. So with Aoife, we generally don't do more than a couple or a small handful of actual throw and chase and catch type things where I'm actually full on throwing the ball for her to go out, chase and then retrieve to me. Um, however, that doesn't mean she only gets her ball for that period of time. We do quite a bit of carrying with her. So if she has it in her mouth, I don't mind. She can carry that ball all she wants. But what I'm not going to do is that really repetitive ball throwing. So we may only do a handful of throws. However, if she brings it back to me, I'll say, get your ball and I won't pick it up. I'll just tell her to get it and carry it with her, which she seems to enjoy. And then we're both having those needs met. Um, or I will do bits where as we're walking, I'll have the ball in my pocket. If she's a little way ahead of me, I might throw it into some long grass or a bush or shove it into the wall. And then I'll call her back and say, find your ball. And then she will instantly switch into nose mode and start searching for her ball, which is our favorite way to use balls out on walks generally is to use, build it into kind of a scent work sniffy kind of game. Um, and we've been making it like harder and harder and harder for her where the ball will be quite a way behind where I've left it and she has to search all the way back. Um, and I tend to find that these sort of these types of interactions are the most tiring for her because not only is she out on a walk and, and having the physical exercise um, using her nose in that way um, because we make it quite hard. We sometimes will do it with like a little bit of a ball rather than a whole ball. So it makes that scent picture smaller. Um, it uses her mental stimulation as well, 10 times more than just a basic throw and catch games do. Um, if I'm trying to use my ball with to reward something specifically, I generally do a small toss and catch where I'll kind of toss the ball up and get her to catch it kind of standing rather than having that chase behavior. I find this really useful to do this way because she is still getting her ball and she gets to stop that movement and control that movement. Um, however, there isn't that chasing and stopping, which is the physical aspect for her because Aoife does have bad hips um, and she still gets it. And it's also a way that you can use the ball and use that as a reward, even with the dog on a lead. Um, which is the ways that we kind of use our balls um, on walks. Like I say, we generally go for the more sniffy option and that's kind of what Aoife enjoys. Aoife does love searching and doing scent work and man drilling and stuff, but incorporating the ball and it's a really easy thing to do onto your walk is she's still getting that ball need and stuff being met, but we're doing it in a much more safer an enjoyable way for her um, but I always make sure that when we're out on our walks she doesn't have access to the ball the whole time and we have a finish cue for her to give her kind of a right that's enough now and she can quite easily switch between having that ball and playing the games and switching into switch off go and sniff and actually interacting with the environment because that's why I want when my dogs are out on a walk I do want them to be with me and engaging with me but I don't want it to just be about that ball I want them to sniff I want them to um run around I want them to interact with the environment as well so making sure that she doesn't have the ball the whole walk is a way that we can ensure this as well so she gets it for a short period and then it goes away 